Well, praise the Lord. Once again, it's uh, here we are coming into your living room. Praise God. Or I guess some of you might be uh, you know, in your vehicle listening or you might be out jogging or something. And got and It's amazing all the devices they have nowadays. But uh, either way, it's always an honor and a privilege to come to you with the word and uh, to be able to just uh, minister uh, by the spirit of God. And hopefully it's all feeding you and ministering to you and taking you higher. Praise God. That's what we're hoping for. Uh, again, just a quick announcement concerning all everything that goes on. As we kind of know things, we'll kind of let everybody else know. I know that uh, uh, the numbers got to climb quite a bit before they can allow us to actually come and do a main service in here. We're doing everything we can up to this point that they're allowing all of our prayer meetings, all of our study groups, um, our outreach, uh, and even um, some of the uh, different meetings we got going just here and there. We're also doing the uh, drive-up service uh, every Sunday. And uh, even though we'd probably ultimately rather be in our own main service, you know, sometimes uh, those drive-up services are kind of fun too. So we've had a good time with those. And remember a lot of the great miracles and uh, great sermons that Jesus did were outdoors, so whatever. So anyway, so either way, no matter what we're doing, uh, we're going to keep coming to you with the Word of God. Amen. And hopefully uh, be able to walk in the presence of God and the goodness of God and the glory of God, amen, to just bring you a good word from God. Praise the Lord. So anyway, once again, thank you for uh, connecting with us. Praise the Lord. We call you blessed. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are jumping in the word again on a midweek service. Praise God. We're gonna, again going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. Been uh, over the last... Uh, Several months, of course, pretty much, well, actually the whole year it has been, so time's sure flying, ain't it? Uh, but we've uh, been ministering uh, about our patriarchs of faith, and uh, let's read our key verse out of chapter 10, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11 again, says, Now all these things happen to them as examples. Now, of course, in context, talking about the children of Israel, and of course, it wasn't... Uh, uh, in context, this wasn't good things. These were bad things. I mean, they ended up wandering around the wilderness because of some bad choices and decisions on their own part. And it says, and they were written, in other words, all this stuff was recorded. So in other words, it was all put down, you know, in, you know, really in a sense, inspired by the Spirit of God to be recorded. Then it was recorded for you and me to read. And here we are, you know, in 2020, standing in front of a camera, you know, reading uh, the Word, you know, that, it, that was uh, recorded, you know, couple thousand years ago, you know, so it's kind of amazing. But anyway, uh, these all were written for our admonition or instruction or teaching upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, it's, it's there for all. That's why we're here. We can learn just as much from this as somebody a thousand years ago could have learned from it, praise God. Now, what we've done, uh, you know, just to kind of, again, just uh, rehash a little bit, this is kind of what we do every week, but, um, you know, we've got... Uh, all the patriarchs of faith that we've kind of looked at so far, um, Joshua, David, Abraham, uh, Daniel, Gideon, Caleb, uh, Moses, Joseph, Nehemiah, and last week, of course, talked about Enoch, and we talked about a walk with God and about our, you know, conversing and communion with God, you know, and uh, today I'm going to kind of, again, look at something kind of on the other side of this, but we're going to pull another patriarch of faith, but this time it ain't somebody from the old covenant. It's going to be somebody from the New Covenant, okay? And we're going to talk a little bit about Paul, all right? So a uh, very uh, passionate man, you know, as far as his uh, faith and 
uh, very, uh, um, you know, uh, he stuck to his guns, you know, which was pretty cool uh, about this man. You know, he's a ver what a light, what a witness, you know. And um, today, though, we're going to come out of, guess what, Romans 8, okay, is where we're going to start. And uh, Romans 8, and uh, of course, is, is what Paul wrote, and that's kind of why I'm going to read this one, and then we're going to take a look at, at Paul's life uh, concerning some of this. So anyway, Romans chapter 8, please. All right, Romans 8. Have I ever told you how much I love Romans 8? <laughs> All right, Romans 8, and I'm going to read the key verse, okay, out of verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, let's define it real quick. Um. So the first word, we're just kind of look, let's look at the word led. What, what does it mean to be led? Okay, so as many as are led. Well, it means to be led or induced or influenced. Okay, so to be led means to be influenced or uh, induced or in, uh, empowered in a sense, but through, you know, through a, a, a bidding or a prompting. All right, verse, uh, pardon me, the same word also means to keep on, to keep up, or to follow on. Okay. So to keep on, in other words, keep doing, keep up with, and to follow on. So that's a big key there. And again, it also means this. It means to open, all right, to open, meaning uh, to, uh, to open oneself. To, and it really what it's referring to is to open oneself to hear in order to follow. Okay, so anytime you're talking about being led by the Spirit of God, he's talking about not just hearing something, but being willing to stick with it, to keep on with it, to follow on with it, amen. To follow through maybe what might even be another way of saying that. But So the word to lead, and of course by the Spirit of God, so pneuma is that Greek word there, and it means breath. I mean, a lot of times you hear us talk about that when we talk about the Spirit of God. Okay, so breath, uh, movement or current of air, wind, and, and really when you stop to look at it, especially we're going to see a lot of this today, okay, and that is about... Uh, really what it is, when, when you see the, the Spirit of God involved, it's, it's really the unseen touching the seen. Okay, now keep that in mind because of where we're going here today. So when we're looking about being led by the Spirit of God, that means that there's this un, unseen help, unseen help helping us in the seen, okay, by one, one means or another, okay, is what we're going to look at here. So being led by the Spirit of God, and it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are then, it says, the sons of God, okay? The word sons uh, just is the Greek word weos, okay, which means mature one, okay? It also means one that's identified by, by his character. And, of course, we're talking, about, we're talking about one that's identified by the character of Christ because if it's a mature one, if it's a sons of God or a son of God, it's talking about, you know, a mature one in God, okay, all right? But it, it again, refers to the nature, the attributes, the traits, or the personality. I mean, so it's taking on the character. So anybody that's going to be referred to as weos, sons of God. So we're not talking about there's, there's more than one word used for that, uh, for that particular English word, sons, okay, but this particular one is dealing with mature ones. 
So now I want to just throw this out there before we go any further, okay? Maturity, okay, maturity in God, okay, isn't defined by how many years you've been saved. Okay, that's not what defines maturity, okay? What maturity is, okay, is one that will be led by God, that takes on uh, the attributes, takes on the character of God, okay? So being led by God, being uh, directed by God and following through with it, all right, determines, amen, one who's mature, amen, in God, a mature son, all right? So just keep that in mind, okay? Because a lot of times we're, you know, we get folks that have been saved a lot of years and and the sad thing is, it's like they're still stuck in the nursery, so to speak, all right? They're not growing up, okay? They won't follow through every time the Spirit of God begins to try to lead them, all right? And, of course, I'm going to define some of that in a bit here. Now, let's back up here a little bit in Romans 8, read a little bit more, and then we're going to get into the book of Acts and spend the rest of our time in the book of Acts. All right, so let's, again, Romans 8, but let's back up here uh, verse 11, all right, it says this, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, okay, so now the same Spirit, right, that raised Christ from the dead is in you, right? And, and, if, the, and if He's in you, right, He who raised Christ from the dead will also, it says, give life, all right, to, to even your mortal body, it says here, okay, through His Spirit, okay, who dwells in you. Now, again, just trying to uh, bring it out in a, in a little bit different light where you're starting to hear this, where it's the unseen touching the seen. In this case, we're seeing even the unseen that dwells on the inside comes up, amen, and begins to even affect the physical body. Okay, now hang on to that. Therefore, verse 12, brother, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. In other words, we... We don't have to be led by the natural. We're not, we're not debtors to that. We're not, you know, we're not stuck on having to do everything like the world does it. See, the world might be led by all the natural things that go on. And we're not denying all the natural things that are going on. But you're not a debtor to it. You don't, you're not stuck on having to do what everybody else does in the natural, concerning natural leadings, okay, I'm just kind of jumping ahead there, natural things that try to push or prompt or somehow direct you. We don't have to live that way, okay? Verse 13 says, for if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. In other words, ruin, destruction, you, you end up on a wrong road. And if you read, read earlier in the chapter, you'll find that's exactly what it's talking about. You get on that wrong road, and the next thing you know, you're, you're headed where everybody else in the world's heading, okay? So it says you're not, uh, you're, if you stay, stay with that, that's where you're going to end up. But if by the Spirit, in other words, if you live by the Spirit, you know, it's, so let's say it again, by the breath of God, okay, by the current or uh, the, the wind, okay, the breath of God, it says here, that you uh, put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. In other words, you're not going to be stuck on having to do everything by the natural. Instead, you're going to get on that road of life and you're going to now live the abundant life because now you're being led 
Amen. You're living your life based on the Spirit, on the breath of God. Now, I know I'm emphasizing all this. I'm trying to do it on purpose, okay? Because you're not stuck having to live by the natural. We live in the natural, but we're not of the natural. We, We might be here on planet Earth, but we're not of planet Earth. See, we're of a whole different kingdom. We're in a whole different family. All right? We're sons of God being led by the Spirit of God. Spirit of God leads and bids and prompts us, and that's what we take our, that's where we take our cues from. That's how we live. And if we do that, the natural has no hold on us. I mean, if you stop and you think about even like uh, kind of what it's kind of bringing out here a little bit is that it, even in the things that you struggle with, if you will learn to just be led by the Spirit of God and your everyday steps, okay, just walking this thing out, letting God walk you through it, you'll be amazed how much junk falls off. You'll be amazed how free you become. You'll be amazed that once you get on life road and get off a get out of death alley, come on, somebody, you, once you get on life road, amen, you'll be amazed how life begins to change. Amen. And this is what he's dealing with. Okay, now verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, okay, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. In other words, you're of a whole different kingdom, whole different family. You're not held. See, that's why most of the things that the world operates under they take their cues from, is going to be fear-based. What you take your cues from is going to be from the Spirit, and we could even say faith-based in the Spirit of God. In other words, I'm putting my faith, even though it's an unseen uh, thing, okay? I kind of, I say that, uh, you know, kind of, you know, hesitant on and using it that way, but an unseen leading, and you know, it's not seen by the natural, but yet I put my faith in it. And when I put my faith in it, amen, the Spirit of God, amen, gets, empowers us and gets involved in every aspect of whatever it is He's leading you in. You're not, you're not held by fear-based thoughts or fear-based leadings fear-based things out there, you're not, you're not held to. You're not a debtor to any of that. You don't have to give in to any of that stuff, all right? All right, now I know I'm emphasizing it, but I'm doing it on purpose because of where we're going here today. All right, verse 16, the Spirit himself then, see, it, see the Spirit's work, the breath of God, right, it's working, bears witness, testifies, confirms. These are kind of all same things. Bears witness with our spirit, right? So you're a three-part being. You are a spirit. You possess a soul, which is your mind, will, emotions. And you live in a body, okay? This earth suit, all right? All right. So the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. And it says this, that you're children of God. So you belong, you belong to him. He's got your back, right? goes on. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And it says, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. The word suffer there just means to experience the persecution. And all it is, it just says this. If you're willing to go the distance with this thing and not quit, 
You're going to see the goodness of God come on. You're going to see the glory of God is the word it actually uses there. You'll be empowered. You'll see the glory of God manifest if you will just stick with it and not be, you know, not be led or dictated by anything else. That's what he's talking about. Okay, now verse 18, for I consider, this is Paul talking, for I consider that the sufferings or the hardships of this present time, this present you know, world that we're in right now, all the little things that we might be dealing with right now, this present time are not worthy to be compared, here we go, with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And one, one uh, if you study that out, not just in us, but through us, okay, which is key. Now, here it is. The whole thing is dealing with being led by the Spirit of God. And this is what Paul was talking about. And if anybody had a hold on this thing, it was Paul, okay? This man understood about being led by God. Being led by God. Are you hearing me today? All right? Jesus was led by God. He said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. Well, how did he see that? It was by the Spirit. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. Well, how did he hear it? Well, for the most part, it was by the Spirit. All right, and I'll explain that here in a minute. But so here it is. Jesus was led by the Spirit of God conducted his ministry based on the Spirit, how many know he was pretty successful? Well, now Paul took, took heed to that. So he himself, okay, as one of our patriarchs of faith, amen, he himself, okay, saw the importance of being led by the Spirit, not let the natural realm dictate, but be moved by the unseen in order to affect the seen, all right? Led by the Spirit in order to deal and to, to work and, and, and to uh, even to change things, right, in the natural. It happened by the Spirit. Okay, so with that said, we're going to go to the book of Acts. We're going to spend the rest of our time in the book of Acts, all right? So let's go to the book of Acts chapter 9, please. Acts 9. Hallelujah. Acts 9. I hope, you're, hope you're, you're getting something here, all right? Acts 9. And what we'll do is we'll kind of start off here. We'll talk a little bit how Paul kind of got a, a real conversion, a real change here. Paul was pretty passionate about God before this, but um, he didn't, didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And, of course, this all shifted. But I'm kind of coming at this, um, coming at this, dealing with the different ways that Paul was led, okay, uh, led by the Spirit. And there is different ways that the Spirit of God does this. Now, a couple of years back, I kind of took some time and went kind of through some of these things with our congregation. Uh, but I just kind of felt like today I need to do this. You know, we just got done... You know, you, know, you know, we had the day of Pentecost. You know, we celebrated uh, Pentecost here over the weekend. And, and, uh, and last week I talked about, uh, um, you know, walking with God, conversing with God. And um, so, you know, a lot 
kind of about the, the Spirit of God, you know. So, you know, that's, that's what a lot of this is. It's, it's, it's working with God, communing with God, and being led by the Spirit. And so I just kind of felt in my heart, um, I wanted to talk about being led by the Spirit. And I, to be honest, other than Jesus himself, I think Paul's probably one of the greatest examples of somebody being led by God, doing just what God had asked him to do, and that's what he did. So he was being led by the Spirit of God, and as a result of it, he's a weos, a mature son of God, amen, which makes him a great example to you and me, all right? Paul also says, you know, uh, even in the book of Hebrews, you know, uh, now, now most scholars believe that Paul wrote Hebrews. Um, I believe he wrote Hebrews. Um, just by the way it's, you know, it's kind of written, um, it just seemed like Paul's writings. And so uh, he says some things in there about, you know, as many as, you know, talks about, uh, uh, about hearing the voice of God, uh, following the voice of God. Uh, you see, you know, chapter 3 and chapter 4 of Hebrews dealing with that. Chapter 12, he, he, he warns him, he says, don't, you know, don't think that the things that happened to the children of Israel by them ignoring the voice of God is going to be any different for you and me. He just, he makes that real clear. I think Paul had a hold on this thing about following God, all right? So let's look at the beginning here, the beginning of really his, his, his ministry, in a sense, as far as serving the Lord, that is. Verse 1 of chapter 9, it says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters of them, or from them, uh, to the synagogues of Damascus, so that he, that so that if he found any who were of the way, talking about, talking about with Jesus, right, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone. So this is something that, that, that it was a, a spirit thing, but yet it manifested in the natural, right? So the light shone around him from where? From heaven, all right, so we know where it's from. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice, okay, a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And obviously, he knew who it was. <laughs> and, then he's, and then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And so he trembled and, uh, and so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then the Lord said, to him, arise, go into the city and you will be told. Uh, what you must do, all right? Go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. So there's a leading, listen, okay? And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Now, so the first thing that we're going to see is that there is such a thing as an audible voice, okay? There is such a thing as an audible voice. Now, it's, it's few and far between, okay? The audible voice is not something, if you're going to sit around waiting for some audible voice to talk to you, Okay, you're probably going to wait a while. Okay, uh, so it's one of the uh, you know one of the, as far as leadings, it's one of the ones that's probably the you see it in the fewest uh, amount of times. Okay, you don't see it as often. Okay, we do know that uh, you know by the Spirit of God because we know it says it's from heaven. Okay, remember now everything that God did, you know here on earth, He moved and worked through the Spirit. Okay, and uh, so. Uh, here he is speaking to them. So it's something from the unseen realm now manifesting into the physical realm to the point that the physical senses are picking up on it, right? He's hearing it. Now, we know uh, Jesus, uh, when he came up, when he was water baptized, he came up, 
uh, we see a, a, a witness there where God spoke, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, we see also in, uh, you know, uh, kind of Matthew 17, right around there somewhere, we see where the Mount of, of, of Transfiguration, where the, the Spirit of God, or probably, yeah, well, the voice of God spoke again, uh, you know, confirming uh, about Jesus to listen and pay heed to what He says. And, of course, some of the disciples were, were there and heard it. Okay, we also have witness, and I can't know if I gave the uh, reference or not, but it's, it's, I believe it's in John 12, and it brings the reference of when uh, God spoke, okay, uh, really trying to get people to just take heed. Well, actually, I, I take that back. In John 12, it was when He spoke to Jesus Himself. So He spoke something to Jesus out loud, and the people around heard it, okay? The problem was they didn't discern it. So some thought maybe it was, you know, thundering, what it says. Some, some thought maybe an angel spoke to him, okay? So they really didn't discern it right. But Jesus then later confirms it that it was the voice of God speaking to him. Now, the reason I just said all that is because we do have witness of times where there is an audible voice, okay? So we can't deny that there's, you know, that... The audible voice isn't a way that God could use to work. There have been times the Spirit of God spoke things uh, to me personally that maybe resonated so loud in me it seemed like an audible voice, but it wasn't. It was just something that was just it just it just hit me so hard it seemed like an audible voice. And so, uh, very few times do you see where God is communing, communicating to His people audibly in 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 a, in a in a place to where these physical ears pick up on it. It does happen, but just not very often. Now, Paul obviously heard it, and obviously said there that those that were with him heard it, okay? And so he got a leading by an audible voice of where he had to go and what he had to do, all right? And that was the beginning, really, of his uh, shift in his life, uh, now moving him toward the things of Jesus, and now becoming uh, the witness that he is and, and, and did become, it all started right here. But it started with an audible voice, all right? So that is one way that we see the Spirit of God moving or working or leading somebody. Remember, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. And remember, being led isn't just you heard something. It means you got to follow it. See, if you're going to be led, then you're going to have to be willing not only to hear it, not only be willing to receive, but you've got to follow through with it, okay? That's a big part of it, okay? Amen. Okay, so let's go to the next one. Let's go to chapter 13. We're going to, of course, scoot through a lot of this pretty quick. I'm just trying to find uh, just different ways that the Spirit of God communicated with Paul. And we're going to go to uh, chapter 13, verse 1. And it just says this, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Now it's talking about part of the fivefold ministry here, okay? Barnabas, uh, uh, Simeon, uh, who was uh, called uh, Niger, uh, Lucius, uh, the Cyrene, uh, Manin, uh, who had been brought up with Herod, uh, Tetrarch, all right, and Saul. Okay, this is just a group of the folks that were there. And they ministered, here we go, to the Lord and fasted. Now, here we go. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work 
to which I have called them and have fast and then fast pardon me then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them they sent them away now it's just another way that the spirit of god can lead an individual and that is through leadership okay we see here part of the fivefold ministry in operation here and sometimes you get a chance you go uh, like Ephesians chapter 4 and you can kind of see some of that in there talking about you know the fivefold ministry there uh, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and that's what's happening here okay they're all uh, ministering unto the Lord so they're praying and 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 worshiping the Lord and all of a sudden the spirit of God now moves through the leadership then to speak to Barnabas and Saul here all right or Paul pardon me his name of course later gets changed to Paul so uh, we see this, uh, we see leadership now ministering. So what they do then, they get the witness of God what to do. They then turn, speak it to them. They lay hands on them and then commission them to go. Okay. Now, the reason I say that is because a lot of times uh, people do, don't see the importance of the fivefold ministry. All right. Right now, the fivefold ministry, part of the fivefold ministry is ministering to you. Okay. Through, through video, okay, all right? So I'm, as part of the fivefold ministry, you know, what I do when I, before I step up here, I don't just step up here and then just kind of roll with anything at, you know, whatever. I, you know, I get a witness or a leading of God what I need to do, what I need to minister. Sometimes there's certain emphasis that I need, he, you know, he lets it be known this is what needs to be emphasized, you know, in this service or whatever. And so I come up here then, and then by the Spirit of God, minister the Word of God to you, all right, which hopefully then you receive by the Spirit of God and are led by the Spirit of God to make adjustments, changes, whatever, take heed, all these things that happen. It's no different than if I was going to get ready to sit down with someone and counsel them, and all of a sudden they had a a concern or they had a question or they had something going on and then all of a sudden by the spirit the, you know he begins to lead amen by the right breath of god begins to lead amen that i need to say something need to pray something need to speak you know declare a verse or open the word of god to something what are we doing we're ministering amen by the spirit all right that hopefully then you will you me depending on you know how this is working but if i'm ministering to you then it's hopefully you will be led by what's being said through the fivefold ministry pastor teachers prophet evangelist apostles these are all part of that what we refer to as the fivefold ministry so your pastor is ministering something to you and hopefully you're receiving that and being led by that. Okay, that's just one way that the Spirit of God leads. And we see even Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, we see where he's being led by leadership to do what he's called to do. And of course, he did exactly what he was led to do. It's just another way, praise God, to be led, praise the Lord. Let's go now to, uh, we're in chapter 13. Let's go down a little bit further here, and we're going to go how about verse 8? Um, yeah, let's just, we're kind of jumping in a story here. Um, uh, so, uh, Elamus the sorcerer, 
uh, for so his name is translated, withstood them. Talking about uh, Paul here, okay. Uh, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. In other words, just basically this sorcerer got in there and trying to muddy the waters, trying to stir up the pot, so to speak, if I can say it that way, uh, just trying to get everybody worked up. You still see that kind of stuff going on. In fact, a lot of stuff happening even right now in our own media, uh, things going on across this nation. There's a lot of things going on, people just trying to stir it up just to get people upset. You know, it's the way it works. You know, it's just gets kind of crazy, but that's what's going on right here. So he's trying to minister the word, and this, this guy here just, you know, just keeps saying things, doing things, just trying to muddy the waters, you know. And so uh, Saul, it said, verse 9, so then Saul, who also is called Paul, there you go, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, okay, it mentions that on purpose. Why? Because it's the Spirit of God is going to show him something, okay. So filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, at this sorcerer, okay? It means it's set the eyes or to fasten or behold something. Okay, it's talking about literally now being seeing something by the Spirit. So he looked at this individual, all right, and saw something. He said, oh, full of all deceit and fraud, all right? So he sees this. He knows what's going on. You son of the devil, <laughs> you enemy of all righteousness, you will not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord. And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you. You shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark, a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Uh, then the proconsul, of course, believed uh, when they saw this, right, what had, or what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. In other words, it, what it did is it now gave him a, a platform, okay? But he saw something by the Spirit. That's what happened here. He saw something by the Spirit. Now, this is, what, this is how Jesus operated. It's the same thing. Okay, he would see something by the Spirit, and then he would walk it out. That's why Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father doing it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. In other words, if I don't see something by the Spirit or hear something by the Spirit, I'm probably not going to do anything. Now, take heed to that, okay, and I'm going to kind of hammer that, that point home before we get done here, all right, because that's the key, okay? He saw something, and he did exactly what he saw, and as a result of it, it gave him even a greater platform in front of a bunch of naysayers, okay, that all of a sudden now he's got a platform to minister, all right? Praise the Lord. All right, uh, let's go to chapter 14, just kind of on the same point. In verse 8, kind of see the same thing happening here. So we've seen different things so far. We're seeing uh, by an audible voice being led, by an audible voice, by leadership. Another one here, we're talking about seeing by the Spirit, okay? Uh, verse 8 of chapter 14 says, And in Lystra, a certain man uh, without strength in his feet uh, was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked, now, this man heard Paul speaking, and Paul, here we go, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. How would he know that? Well, it had to be by the Spirit. It's the same thing. The same thing happened to Jesus multiple times. He could tell. He knew who was ready to be ministered to. That's why he was so successful. You know, a lot of people, 
go along, don't ever, don't ever pick up. They just, they just go out there kind of like a shotgun effect, and they go out and they pray for everybody, and you hope a couple of them stick, you know. And, uh, you know, nothing wrong with praying for everybody. But the point is, is Jesus was specific in what he did. We know times when he went in, uh, you know, like the Pool of Bethesda, for, for instance. He went into that area with a whole thing around it was, was surrounded with, with people that were, had sickness and infirmity and all kinds of stuff. He went in there and ministered to one individual, took care of business, and walked right back out. All right? And yet there were times where the Word says he ministered to all who were sick. All right? He didn't do that every time. But there were times that he did. And the point being is Jesus said, I do nothing lest I see the Father do it. I say nothing lest I hear the Father say it. And I believe Paul understood that. Paul got it. And that's why he had a successful ministry. Amen. All right. Now let's go to chapter 16. Chapter 16. And let's go, uh, we'll get a couple maybe out of here. So what we're seeing so far now, again, uh, ways that Paul was led. There was the, the time of the audible voice. There are times uh, following leadership, seeing by the Spirit, okay? Now let's look at something else here in verse, uh, see, chapter 16, verse 6 and 7. It says, now when uh, they had gone through, uh, Phyria, okay, I'm sorry I mispronounced that one, and the region of uh, Galatia, uh, they were forbidden, I love this, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to uh, uh, Mysia, okay, they tried to go into Bethnia, okay, and, but the Spirit, here we go, did not permit them. You know, um, I've been guilty of this myself. There have been times, you know, you, when you get to, especially when you're talking about moving forward and, and, and doing the work of the Lord, you know, uh, you know, going into all the world, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and I've made statements like, uh, you know, uh, you know the, it says, go ye. It never says, stop ye. Well, really, to be honest, I, I stand to be corrected because right here is a stop ye verse, okay? He wants to go minister into all the world, and he wants to go here, and he gets stopped. So then he shifts, and he goes here, and he, and he gets stopped, okay? Now, it's not that God's telling him you can't preach the gospel, He's just saying this, listen, that's not where I want you. Now, that, take heed to that, okay? Because sometimes the reason that we have problems in ministry is we're not being led by the Spirit of God. And there are times the Spirit of God is saying, stop, don't go that direction. And we still do it because of, Whatever reason, you know, sometimes it's because, well, that's the way we've always done it. Or it could be, well, that's what the other churches are doing. Or it could be, you know, well, that's what worked over here. Well, did he actually tell you to do that? Did he actually lead you to do that? You know, you, you, you know we always say, go, 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 go. Well, what if he's saying, stop, 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 stop? Well, I, I don't, that ain't how I operate. Well, then you may die, 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 die. You got to get this because there's a lot of people going places. They got no business going and then they end up dead or they end up diseased or they end up whatever. Okay. And, and a lot of times we try to make them all martyrs, but some, I, I, there's some people that they weren't martyrs. They were just being stupid. Okay. And 
No offense, okay? It just, just happens, okay? It, people, we don't follow God, all right? God may not have led you to do that. And so you got out of the will of God by going somewhere. You stepped out from under your covering, and now you're exposed to the elements. See, he's telling Paul, Paul, don't go that direction. So what, is, what do we got here? See, it's another, it's another spirit thing, but what is, it's a prompting, okay? A witness, we could say. Uh, you know, uh, let's see, here we go. It means to bear witness, to testify jointly, or to confirm something, and something we talked about earlier when we were in Romans 8. And so remember, the Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit. Okay, that prompting is there to bear witness with your spirit. You'd be amazed. You know, there, sometimes the thing that hurts us the most is we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay? Or we could be in the wrong place at the right time, or we could be in the right place at the wrong time. No matter how you cut it, it's wrong. So what we got to be is in the right place at the right time, and the only way that can work 100% across the board yeah, I say 100% for a reason, because some people, like I said, are shotgun Christians. Okay, they're sitting here just, you know, shotgunning everything. And every now and then, you know, you're, something's going to stick. Every now and then, you're going you're gonna to hit something. Okay, and something might work. But that is not really how we were designed to operate. Okay, we're more designed to operate like, like, you know, something that you, a rifle would, would fine-tune and, and make a direct hit. A, you know, a single shot, bang, it happens, it's done, you got the job done, amen, success, okay? Now, uh, maybe if you don't like the analogy of the gun and stuff, whatever, but the point being is that, you know, sometimes Christians are out there just think just going every direction, they wear themselves out, they get stressed out, they get overworked, overwhelmed, some of them end up dead, and all because they're not being led by the Spirit of God. They're being led by something else. And they might be great people that love the Lord, and we're not taking away that from them. We're, they might be wonderful, glorious Christians who love God and love people, okay, and want to preach the gospel and do good things. We're not taking any of that away from them. But if you're not going to be led by the Spirit of God, you may not, you may not end up fulfilling your God-given calling and gifting. Now, please hear this from your pastor. People are cruisomatics for the most part. They cruise everywhere, okay? They go here, go there, go there, go. They, they don't stop long enough to get a leading, a, a prompting, and then do exactly what the Spirit of God tells them to do. Oh, I hope you're hearing this. Whew. To me, this is so key, and this is what Paul was good at. So what did Paul do? Paul did exactly what he was supposed to do. He didn't go there. He turned, because he, he's a go-ye guy. He turned another direction, and the Spirit of God said, I want you there. Okay, all right. So one of the ways that we get led by God, amen, is just in the Spirit promptings, the bearing witness of one's spirit. Amen. Even Jesus brought out, talking about the spirit of truth, you know, talking about the spirit of God, right? He said he will testify of me, and he's also going to, amen, through, you know, I would say, I think through you, uh, he's going to bear witness with your spirit, okay? 
He even kind of confirms that. So the same thing that happened for Jesus is the same thing that happened for Paul is the same thing that's going to happen for you and me. The Spirit of God is there, amen, to bear witness with your spirit, to confirm things, amen. Man, God doesn't want you in the dark. God doesn't want you out there stumbling all over the place, just trying to make something work. He wants to lead you. And I'm just telling you, you know, just, you know, myself, I, I, man, the things that, that work the best is when you're being led by God, and just do what He said, and just don't do any more, just do what He says. And all of a sudden, you know, it's amazing how it works, okay? I've made purchases, I've bought and sold things, uh, you know, things of ministry, things of family situations, things even raising kids, things in your marriage. It's amazing how much the Spirit of God wants to get involved. But when you, when you don't follow the, be, the beatings or the promptings, the, the leadings, the things that the Spirit of God is trying to breathe into you, if you're not going to give heed to those things, you're, you're going to struggle like every other person out there that struggles with those things. So again, I know I'm spending a lot of time on this one, but to me this is so key, okay? This is really what it comes down to. Paul showed and did exactly what the Spirit of God told him uh, to do. In this case, told him what not to do. Okay, so now with that said, let's pick up with the story on another thing, all right? So now let's go to verse 8. Okay, so the Spirit of God didn't, you know, did, didn't permit him to go that way. So uh, passing by Mysia, um, they came down to Troas, okay, and a vision. Okay, okay, here we go now. So in other words, okay, Holy Spirit, you don't want me to go here, you don't want me to go there. Now, what do you want me to do? Well, in a vision, let's talk about a night vision here, all right? appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he uh, had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel uh, to them. And that's exactly what it was. So in other words, the Spirit of God you know, bore witness of the Spirit not to go this direction, not to go that. And, and, and that, that night, amen, there was a night vision that he had, right? It even says a vision in the night. All right, so that's another way. So by the Spirit of God, it's just another way the Spirit of God can lead us. Okay, sometimes by the night, leading you in something. Now, I will tell you this. There's a lot of people who have all kinds of dreams, and they're spiritual dreams, and some of them are of God, and some of them ain't from God. And that's, you know, if it doesn't confirm that with a word, then I'd, be, I'd give a little heed to some things, okay? Uh, give, you know, be, be cautious on some of that. But I'm just telling you, that's just another way that you can be led by the Spirit of God, all right? Now, Paul concluded that that was of God because he's ready to go. I'm going this way. Nope. Okay, well, then I'm going this way. Nope. Okay, he's thinking, okay, well, that night he gets a vision. This is the way he's supposed to go. Oh, there we go. So what did he do? He went exactly that way. Praise God. Amen. So this one's a night vision. That's one of the ways, amen, that the Spirit of God uh, can, can lead us, right? And it, it just means an inspired appearance and usually by a dream of some sort, okay? We also see in chapter 18, if you go to chapter 18, you'll see another one of these, okay? Verse 9, all right? Chapter 18, verse 9. Again, I'm kind of jumping in, into the midst of this. It says, Now the Lord spoke to Paul in, a, uh, uh, in the night by a vision. There again, see? Now, he didn't do this all the time with Paul. But obviously, he did this a couple times with him, okay? Uh, do not be afraid, but speak, uh, and, and do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you 
to hurt you, for I have many people uh, in this city. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. So he spoke, for uh, we see, for 18 months, for 18 months in this location based on a night vision, okay, a dream, a vision at night, amen, that led him, amen, to, in this case, just said, listen, don't be fearful of what's all the threats. You just stay put and do what you're supposed to do. And he did that and became very successful there. All right, praise the Lord. All right, let's look at another one here. Let's go, let's skip to chapter 22, moving along here. Chapter 22. And let's see here. I'm going to jump into... Um, Verse 17, so we see night vision. Well, what about a day vision? Well, that, that happens too, okay? So let's look at that. Verse 17, now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance, okay, and saw him, this is Paul talking here, and saw him, okay, saying to me, make haste, all right, and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. Now he's telling them, you know, you need to get move on here, okay? So I said, uh, Lord, um, uh, they, they know that in every, uh, every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believed on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by uh, consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who killed him, right, who were killing him. Then he said to me, "Depart, for I will send you far from there, or far from here, to the Gentiles." In other words, so he given him another clarity, another direction here. This time it's by a day vision. Okay, they use the word maybe trance. Okay, but it just refers to a day vision. Okay, a day vision. Now we see uh, multiple places in that. We also saw that. Remember in the beginning of Paul's, uh, you know, this great conversion, uh, we saw uh, where uh, Ananias was. Uh, he was uh, told by a day vision, okay, to minister to Paul. Okay, Paul was told uh, to go to a man named Ananias. Ananias was told to minister to him. All that was done by the Spirit and by a day vision, okay. We also see example in chapter 10 of the book of Acts, amen, with, Paul, with Peter, pardon me, who also had a day vision, all right, which gave him the go-ahead to minister to Gentiles about the Holy Ghost. All right, so that all happened through a day vision. So we see night vision, now we see day visions, okay? All right, so these are just different ways the Spirit of God will lead. Now, back to, Paul, or, yeah, back to Paul's life, we're seeing a man that's being led, amen, in all these different ways, Okay, let's maybe real quick go over them again. There, Paul was led by an audible voice. He was led by leadership. He was led uh, by um, seeing by the Spirit. He was led by Holy Ghost promptings or bearing witness on the inside, right? Uh, by a night vision, by day vision, all right? All right, so just different ways that the Spirit of God used, amen, to lead Paul. And because Paul followed he became that mature one, amen, one, amen, that uh, was characterized by the character of God, the mature one or son of God, amen, because he followed, amen, every time the Spirit of God led. He discerned it. All right, all right, kind of getting ahead of myself. But let's look at another one, chapter 23 of the book of Acts. Chapter 23. 
All right, let's look at another way here, all right? Um, verse 11, please, says this, uh, but the following night the Lord stood by him and said, now this is Paul here, right? Be of good cheer, Paul, uh, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, you also must uh, bear witness at Rome, okay? But now we see something here. Uh, what happened was literally a visual manifestation, okay? Again, this is one of those ones that doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen, okay? Um, but a visual manifestation. Another example uh, we see of that uh, was when the, the light shone on, uh, at Paul when he first got converted. It was just a visual thing, okay? Something, it said, from heaven, something from an unseen realm, now manifesting and touching the seen realm, and that's what happened here. We also see in chapter 27, if you go just a couple more chapters on here, and let's just, uh, verse 22, remember I'm talking about now a visual manifestation, and it says this, and now, um, verse 22, I urge you, take heart, uh, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. This is, remember, when he was in the, on the ship and the, the whole thing was shipwrecked or sh getting ready to shipwreck. And he said this, For there stood by me this night an angel of the, of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. Uh, you must be uh, brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Now, okay, so what happened here? Again, a visual manifestation. In this case, we see an angel of the Lord. It, it's the true thing. Uh, I had it happen to me uh, at least one time that I know of. And I know for a fact it, was, it had to be an angel of the Lord. This was back years ago working in the mill. And um, uh, I was in a place uh, in my walk where I was just super hungry for the things of God and that thing. And I was, just, I was, uh, I was pretty intent on, on trying to, to get something figured out. And I was struggling with it a little bit. But I was just diving in trying to get a hold of it. Well, all of a sudden, this gentleman comes up and decides he's, he just starts working alongside me. And, you know, I just assumed he's one of the other guys in the mill, and they sent him over to work in our department. And that's just, you know, like that stuff happens once in a while, you know. So we're all sitting there working. And he said, man, I noticed you're a Christian. And I had my Bible there. Bible was open. He says, man, what's happening? And he said, yeah, I'm a, you know, I know the Lord too. And, and you know, we got to talking about things. And, man, I, man, all morning long, man, we were talking and as, as we were working. And, man, I just got so, I got so pumped up, man, talking with uh, the things of God with this guy. And I was thinking, man, there's finally somebody here uh, that, 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 you know, that understands what I'm talking about. You know, a lot of the other folks around, they all think I'm just some kooky Christian, you know, man, woo, you know, whatever. But this guy, man, we're going back and forth, man. It was just, it was so amazing. And uh, so uh, we, we go to lunch, we come back, and the guy, you know, I thought, I thought maybe this guy would show back up out, you know, in my area, and he didn't show up. And I thought, man, I'm going to go find this guy, man. I, you know, he kind of. Uh, you know, kind of made it sound like he was from the other side, of, you know, over there. And, and uh, so I just, I went looking for him. I thought, man, I'm going to go find this guy and tell him how much I enjoyed visiting with him, you know. And I went around and I asked all the departments. They'd seen this guy. And then nobody, nobody had a clue what I was talking about. And every department over there, none of them said, we, we didn't send anybody your way. And I, I mean, I went through it. I never again saw that guy again. Okay, which... Later on then, 
amen, understood what was going on. It was literally an angel of the Lord appeared because of where I was at and the thing that was going on in my own heart, how this, you know, this thing came, this, this conversation then came that, that, that put me on, you know, really just got me, you know, just boosted me up. Amen. It was something I needed at the time, amen, to just keep me going in the same direction, you know. And so it just, you know, that was just my experience of it, you know. But to say, uh, you know, uh, that, that angels of the Lord are always manifesting all the time, no, that, that may not happen all the time, but it does happen, all right. And it talks about, you know, angels unaware being, you know, you, you don't know how many times you might entertain an angel. You might communicate with one, amen. And, and it probably happens, uh, you know, out there where people don't have a clue, okay, that it's going on. But, but does it happen every day? Probably not, okay. But it is a way that the Spirit of God can lead somebody, all right. In this case, again, it was another physical, amen, uh, uh, manifestation, amen, of to lead Paul. And Paul took heed to it, amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's see here. Um, we're in Acts 27, but let's back up a few verses here and look at another one here. So I uh, hope you're getting something. Praise God. So uh, let's go to verse uh, 9. Verse 9, and it says this, Now when uh, much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because uh, the fast was already over, Paul advised them, right, saying, here we go, men, okay, I perceive. Okay, and it's talking about really a discernment, okay, a spiritual discernment here. I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only to the cargo and the ship, but possibly our own lives, right? Nevertheless, a centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things uh, spoken by Paul. Now, Paul was right. He perceives something, right? What we have here is an inward perception. That's exactly what it means, an inward perception. He perceives something by the Spirit. This isn't a good thing. We need to stop right now, not go any further, okay? Now, what happened? Okay, the, the centurion and the helm, uh, uh, was persuaded more by the helmsman and the owner of the ship to, to go ahead, do what we were going to do anyway, okay? Now, to me, right there, a huge example. Think about, I bet, you, I bet you when they got all done with this whole thing, now, of course, by the Spirit of God later on, we, you know, the angel of the Lord said, you know, you're going to be okay, all the people are going to be okay, we're going to lose everything else. They end up on that island after the ship was wrecked. And, and I bet you the owner of the ship and the helmsman wished they would have listened to Paul, <laughs> you know, because it wasn't, it wasn't a fun ride. Okay, it wasn't a fun ride at all, and they lost everything, okay, except their lives, all right? So, uh, you know, I bet you they were wishing they would have followed Paul, all right, in which Paul was following the Spirit, okay? He had a, an inward perception, all right, an inward witness, or we could say sometimes we refer to it as the peace of God about something on the inside, okay? Sometimes, you know, I tell uh, our parishioners, uh, many times that if you don't know what to do with a couple things, sometimes what you do is you say it out loud, okay? You, you say, I'm going to go do this, and then you, you'll, you'll get this, this witness, this really the peace. You'll, 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 you'll start picking up on something. You might get that scratchy feeling on the inside where you know, okay, that's a no-go, okay? 
But sometimes you get that, that peace that hits you. And the Word talks about uh, you know, letting the peace of God rule in your heart. Okay, And that literally, when you look it up, it literally means like to govern or like an umpire. Sometimes the, spirit, the peace of God's there like an umpire. All right, to help you move forward in which direction. That's part of that inward witness, praise God, or that inward perception. The Word talks about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, which is a good thing, right? Because sometimes our own understanding gets us in trouble. But if you're following the peace of God, amen, you're not as apt to stumble along, but you'll end up where you got to be, amen, fulfilling what you need to fulfill. Jesus even talked about the peace of God that he's, he's going to send, right? And all of this, really, he's dealing with the Spirit of God, all right? He said, the peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. In other words, the world, you know, they talk about peace, but they, they don't have a clue what that means, okay? But now he's talking about being led by the Spirit of God, following the Spirit of God. He's there to help you, amen, instruct you. And, of course, Paul saw that. Now, of course, he didn't have the final say on this. You know, he did what he was supposed to do, and which to me is another thing to bring up real quick before I let you go, is sometimes, you know, uh, you know, not everybody necessarily sees the same thing. Maybe some people, uh, you know, not being led, whatever. Maybe there's a mistake made or whatever it may be. It could be. It happens, you know. Uh, but you still are, are accountable to God to do what you're supposed to do. Okay, in this case... He was supposed to let uh, the centurion know this isn't good. He did his part. Now, if you'll notice, all the lives were spared. You know why all the lives were spared? Because Paul did the right thing. Because he did his part. Even though nobody else could see it, nobody else followed it, nobody else gave heed to it, but because he did, amen, the Spirit of God still, amen, covered him. And because all the other lives were around, he covered every one of them. And I believe the only reason all the lives were spared on that ship was because Paul was willing to do and follow every time the Spirit of God led and, and uh, you know, prompted him to do something. In this case, it was an inward witness or an inward perception, and he followed it. So let's take a look real quick before I let you go. All the different ways, amen, that God led uh, Paul, right? He did it through uh, the, an audible voice, through leadership, by seeing things by the Spirit, just like Jesus did, right? Holy Spirit promptings, in other words, bearing witness, confirming, testifying, right? Joint, that means to testify jointly. In other words, you, you both bear witness, right? So that the, the Spirit connects with your Spirit, right? Okay, night visions, amen, day visions, right? A visual manifestation, literally something by the Spirit now is seen, amen. In this case, you know, once was an angel, once it was the Spirit of God Himself, I mean, God Himself, the Lord Himself, I should say, a manifest or appeared to Him, okay? So uh, the other one, last one again, was an uh, inward perception, okay? So these, uh, there's like, I don't know, eight or nine different ways that just in the book of Acts, uh, how the Spirit of God led Paul, all right? And in every one of those cases, Paul did exactly what the Spirit of God asked him to do. Amen. And for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, we us, mature ones of God. So again, it's just another patriarch of faith doing great things in God. Amen. And we can, we can glean off their example. Amen. 
And in Paul's case, a man who was led by God, followed God, and that's what we're called to do. And if you'll do that, guess what? Just like Jesus was successful, just like Paul was successful, you'll be successful in, in all your endeavors. Praise God. Hope you got something today. Father, we give praise and glory right now. Hallelujah. For this people that had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you, Lord. They're led by the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. They follow the, the Spirit of God, the breath of God. Every time you lead and every way that you lead, praise God, they'll do exactly. Amen. They'll follow along exactly as you lead. And I give you praise for that. Father, forgive us for the times that we didn't follow uh, when you were leading. Forgive us for the times that we didn't give heed to the voice, didn't give heed to the promptings, didn't give heed to the peace, didn't give heed maybe to the, whatever it was you did to show us, lead us, guide us, or direct us. Forgive us for the times that we did not do that. And we thank you, you're faithful and just to forgive us. We receive it. We thank you for it. Now, Lord, our heart is to follow you everywhere you lead. So keep on leading. We'll keep on following. For that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.